following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back another week. It's April, first show in April of 2019. It's starting to feel like spring outside. Yeah, man, look, I need a little bit warmer. A little bit. I- a little bit warmer, but it, here's the thing. As much as I'm looking forward to spring, mm-hmm. my kids are very much looking forward to spring, and they just don't understand how this whole thing works. Like, they think, okay, it's spring, mm-hmm. so let's dress like it's spring. Exactly. So it's like, okay, let me the come down here. Out. Exactly. T-shirts, mm-hmm. tank tops, all the good stuff is out. Exactly. Yeah, all of it out. Mm-hmm. The problem is up here in the Northeast, up here in the Philadelphia area, it's still like 30 degrees first thing in the morning. Oh, yeah. When you go outside in the morning, like this morning, I go out, out early every morning, yeah. get a couple mile walk in, and go out this morning. It's about... 38 degrees or so when I go out yeah, first thing in the morning. That's, that's not good. That being said, even at 38 degrees, you you can feel the air warming up yes. as opposed yes. to two months ago. Yes. If it was 38 degrees, mm-hmm. it just felt cold. Yes. No, I, I agree. Now, I too, I'm, I'm trying to start this whole new leaf. Mm-hmm. Now, let me, I have to, I have to explain because I, I have this thing about being clumped in with the people who want to at the at the new year want to turn over a new leaf and be all healthy. So it's not a new year's resolution. Yeah, it's not a new year's resolution. Okay. Or at least not for me because I like to wait a few months and let all those people come and go. Mm-hmm. Then I want to start over. All right. So so for me, it's like no, I'm while while people are starting over their new leave and going to the gym and doing all that in January, I'm still eating sweets and snacks <laughs> and, and chilling and not exercising. Then come like March mm-hmm. and April. That's when you get going. That's what I get going. Okay. So for the last two weeks, been walking, been walking every day. Um I kind of, I, I, I've done a little bit more. Like my first week, I was walking about a mile and a half. Mm-hmm. Now I'm walking about two miles. All right. And I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm trying to gradually build your way build, up. Mm-hmm. Now you see that, that look, I don't want you to think I'm over here trying to set you up, but you came down to the studio, mm-hmm. had a cold beer waiting for you so we could chill because, you know, it's five o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. I know this is a morning show, but, you know, it's all good. It's still 5 o'clock it's somewhere. It's still 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> but me, got my diet green tea over here. <laughs> I can't say that this will be diet green tea by the end of this show, but for right now, I'm trying. The attempt is there. I man, More power to you. Mm-hmm. I'm not a guy that you'll ever see. With diet, anything ever? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, let me let me tell you something, man. It, it, this is just this is just where my life is going. I used to be that guy that would make fun of the people who would go to like 
Burger King or, or the fast food and get like the double burger with with cheese mm. and bacon and extra large fries and the chicken nuggets and then get a diet soda. <laughs> I'm completely that guy now. <laughs> I am so that guy right now. That is me. But if you're going to get a diet soda, why not just get water or fruit juice? Because I don't want water or fruit juice. Well, you know, fruit juice up. I just don't like fruit high juice tea. tastes better yeah. than diet soda. Depends on the diet soda. Like especially now, I don't, now think, that I don't got, mean like the high now, C stuff. I yeah. mean like actual fruit actual juice. fruit. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. Now, now this whole Coke Zero thing. Mm-hmm. Now that's that's what's up right there. <laughs> Coke Zero and this this whole see. And I have been doing a good job. Now, I, I, I've kind of fallen off the wagon with my soda drinking because I had cut soda out for a long time. I had gone a couple years without soda. But this whole Coke orange vanilla thing, <laughs> this is Sucks a problem. You back in. This is a problem. That, that, who, did, who okayed that? Who said that was okay? Because that is delicious. <laughs> It is complete. Oh my goodness! I I will call my friends at Coca Cola in yeah. Atlanta. Yeah, I actually do know some people that work there. Yeah, and, and tell them that's horrible. But could they get me a case? <laughs> I, I, like that is a terrible thing. That is a terrible thing will, to do. I will put the call but, in and let them know how but, you feel. But but it, it's it's so good. <laughs> oh my goodness! I right, see. I I could spend two hours talking about how good Coke Orange Vanilla is, and that's one of them drinks. I know. I, I know. We're a sports show. We talk sports, and we spent first five minutes of the show talking about food, exercise, and soda. Exercise that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exercise. I don't and know how soda. we got. Hey, man. All, all, all I know. You this know is them, what happens when they gave us two hours. Exactly. You know them, them, them drinks. Look, I, that you know would taste better with some some adult additives. Mm-hmm. That's what. That's what Coke Orange Vanilla is. That's a drink just made but, to have something added to it, and, and, and uh, an adult additive. And see, I don't know that that never works for me. Um, I, I don't not, do I don't do the sweet stuff. Okay, you don't. What about like Jack and Coke? You don't. You know, that's not you. With uh, hold the Coke. I'm not mad at you. All right, <laughs> I, I understand. I can't, I can't do the sweet stuff. Okay, I, I hear you, but you know it's like. If if there was some, you know, I earned my chest hairs. I understand. <laughs> hey, look, look, you know, them, them college days was a long time ago. <laughs> you know, back in the day, because like I feel like back then I learned about drinking before I learned about chasers. Like chasers came like two, three, a good two, three years into my drink. Like, okay, true story. Okay, what's up? When. I- at the tender age of 21, 22, okay. me, couple roommates, mm-hmm. college guy. Yeah. And th- my, my experience with chasers mm-hmm. was quite simple. There's no juice in the house. <laughs> There's Mike's Hard Lemonade. This is when Mike's Hard for uh-huh. Hard Lemonades first came out. That was the extent of juice in the house. Before three in the afternoon... There was beer drinking. Uh-huh. After three in the afternoon, uh-huh. there's liquor drinking. Okay. And the house rule on chasers is if you want a chaser, get a piece of bread. 
Not mad at that. <laughs> not not mad at that. Um, because I can tell there's not a lot of time sober in that crib. <laughs> not a lot of you know. Not a lot of uninebriated uh, moments. We, we would drink water. Okay, I, water was allowed. What was the water? The ice in the drink? No, oh, I, okay. actual, cups, actual of cups of water. Of wa- okay, those, those were allowed. Uh, all right. <laughs> now I hear you. Now look, you and know, ladies could have mixers. Mm-hmm. Maybe sometimes. Maybe they, they might just have to drink a mics because we might not have any mixers I, or chasers. In that. Well, look, man, you know I'm I'm not here to judge anybody, and I hope nobody's here to judge me. I, you know, I I, I would chase hey, a life drink. Life happens. You know, I would chase a drink. You know, I didn't know how. I didn't know you could. You know, it was like okay, this this vodka is kind of hot. You know, whatever. I'm gonna just drink it. Oh, oh wait, put it in orange juice. What? I, I didn't know you could do that. Cranberry juice. Oh, I knew. We were just going to make fun of you. <laughs> I would look whatever, you know. I'd have still drink it. I you know. I didn't I didn't drink for dudes anyway. So it was like, you know, y'all make fun of me. It's like I wouldn't even been talking to y'all. There's, there's... Yes, if you would have been at the house mm-hmm. and you asked for uh v- vodka cranberry. Well, if you had it. Oh, uh, we might have had it. Uh, but you would have made fun of Okay. All no, right. no, we wouldn't have given it to you. Oh. Oh. That's what I'm trying to tell you. House okay. rules where if you want a chaser, get a piece of bread. That was all an right. actual actual well, rule. Well, I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> going to pay for it. I was like, all right, we ain't drinking. We we ain't, we don't have no chasers today. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, right. we got beer. We, all right. we got mics. All right. Got you know mm-hmm. straight spirits. Okay. But. Were y'all malt liquor drinkers? I never was a malt liquor drinker. Okay. Now here's it, a, mm. malt liquor is just not, nothing ends well with malt liquor. No, you don't, no, you're absolutely right. That, there's you're, nothing you're, you're good absolutely. that comes from from a Billy D or a OE mm-hmm. or Saint Oz. Were you a Saint Oz? Crooked Eye back in the day. I mean, yeah, I, well, we, we we all in our youth yeah. and in our poverty experimented exactly. with the Crooked Eye. Exactly. But that's not because you like it. That's because you're broke. You got two dollars in your pocket. Exactly. <laughs> and See? Crooked Eye will take you exactly from where you started to where you want to go mm-hmm. with no, no shortcuts. No, you're absolutely right about that. You're absolutely right about that. And and. Everything you said, you know, with no good end, no good result. No, no, nothing good comes from malt liquor. And now I, I, now I have a story for you. Mm-hmm. Now you you see where 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 we are right now, where we we shoot, mm-hmm. we we record this show. Had a family gathering. Had some relatives come over, and this is one of probably pro, uh, probably one of the first times I re- we really had a chance to hang with them. They brought old, you know, everyone's bringing, you know, stuff like, hey, you know, it's a family gathering. You know, can we bring something? Mm-hmm. They brought over a case of Colt 45s. A case of Billy D. Yes. Now, look, I, I no shame in my game. We out here in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. So when they when they walked in the door with it, you know, at first we tried to be all boot. Like, <laughs> come on, man, what is that? You Sarah, you can't bring that out here. But then, you know, then somebody cracked one. And then somebody cracked another one. Next thing next thing you know, we all sitting around here and we didn't kill that whole case. <laughs> and it was legendary. It was, you know, it, 
probably one of the first times I'd had malt liquor in just a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm I'm grown, probably close to my 40s at that point. Before the show is over, mm-hmm. remind me to tell you another story. All right. All right. We'll do. We'll end. The, see, we'll start the show with drinking stories. We'll end the show with drinking there stories. There we go. Make all a right. note. Don't let me leave okay. without telling you this. Okay. Story. All right. I'm doing that right now. But yeah, nonetheless, shout out to my cousins because we need. We need to do that again. If they ever listen to this show, hopefully they'll listen to this show. They need to bring that case of Colt forty Colt forty fives back again. That, that was a good time. <laughs> Not mad at it at all. We were sitting up there around it, having a hot. I'm almost positive it was either Christmas or Thanksgiving, and we was all sitting around drinking Colt forty fives. Oh man, how'd you feel the next morning? That's the question. Uh, um. I still tell the story finally, so, uh, you know, it wasn't that bad. I'm not complaining. That's not necessarily always true. There's some stories yeah. I'll tell finally if you talk about the one day. Yeah. But if you ask me about the following day, yeah, no, it's a completely no, no, different no, story. I, 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 I do have some pretty crappy ending malt liquor stories. Mm-hmm. This was not one it's of just them. One, okay. This was not one of them. There, there have been some times, and I'm sure there's some people who know me who would love to pull you aside like, yeah, man, I was hanging with the boy, John, and he was drinking St. Odds, and this happened. Do you and, remember special brews? <laughs> now, I will tell you this about special brews. <laughs> The whole I mean, thing you we're said, talking crooked eyes. yeah. Now, now, what you said, what you said earlier about chases and how you guys viewed chases. That's mm-hmm. how me and my friends viewed special brew. Like we, if we gonna have Saint Odds, we gonna have Saint Odds. If you ordered a special brew, it's it's like come on, like you in a singing group or something. <laughs> <laughs> like what you you one twelve or something. <laughs> you, it's like. Special brews are for like Drew Hill listening people. Like, like we gonna say, hey, I listen to Drew Hill. Who you listen to Drew Hill with? That's that's irrelevant. <laughs> All I said is I listen to Drew Hill. Do you listen to Drew Hill with the fellas? Nah, exactly, exactly. If you got a special brew, you can't have the fellas around. <laughs> that that's the rule. Like me and you hang, we drink some brew. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But me and you ain't gonna hang and drink some. Spe- drink some. Spe- we gonna drink some brew, but not no special, special brew. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Like, like, like if this was your studio, you say, "Hey, man, you want to drink?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I'll take a drink." You pull out some special brew. I'm getting right back in my car. I'm like, all right, Mike. You know what? This was good. Had a good time. Now, now, you know, I want you to look at me right now. Uh-huh. Look, look me in the eye uh-huh. and tell me if I look like a man who's gonna hand you a special brew. <laughs> I know you're not a man that's gonna <laughs> hand me a special brew. I know that. I understand that. But I'm just saying, like, I would rather if you had nothing else but special brew. We just ain't gonna drink that night. Or you could have told me to pick up something on the way in. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's special brew or not drinking, hey, guess what? We're not drinking. We're not drinking tonight. Not giving no dude no special brew. <laughs> oh, man. Now, we are, we've wasted clearly 15 minutes 15 talking minutes about is, absolutely nothing. Not a but, stop. <laughs> this is serious stuff. This is serious stuff. We talking drinking right now. Educating the youth. Mm-hmm. Exactly. People need to know. People need to understand this and what goes on here. Oh, man. What they're getting into. The rites of passage of drinking. Oh, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Now, I have to say, 
last week. Yes. Last week was honestly one of the most fun times I've had doing this show. That's because we spent like an a half hour, hour, like just, a half hour straight, just arguing, arguing. Mm-hmm. But are we going to do that this week? I don't know. Okay, all right, all right, I mean, we, we never planned it. We no, didn't true, plan it last true, week. True, true. And that's why it was fun. That uh-huh. was like a true, genuine, passionate sports debate. Uh-huh. Uh, that's what makes sports fun. The competition, of yeah. course, the actual event if, is great. But that ability to sit back and really get into it with your friends, mm-hmm. people whose opinions you respect but they differ, mm-hmm. that, that is the true... To me, the true joy of the whole sporting experience. Yes. You know, for the players, of course, you know, it's the competition. For mm-hmm. everyone else, it's, it's the camaraderie. Yeah. The Yeah, the conversation, the talking mm-hmm. you know, talking about it, the conversation, the camaraderie, you know, just the debates. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so that that was f- so Anyone who thought we were about to go to blows last week. We were about to go to blows, but in the end it was cool. You but know? we were going to hug it out yeah, after. Exactly. We didn't, almost, we, we didn't almost come to blows a couple of times on this show. There's a couple of things, you know. Look, there's some, there's some trigger points here on, on, in this show. One of them being the first four, mm-hmm. uh, LeVar Ball. We may actually talk about him today. Hey, look! Hey, we, we may uh, actually uh, talk about that clown dude today, <laughs> but <laughs> oh man! Well, you know the first four: Levar Ball. You know, um, I'm sure there are other ones. We'll we'll think of them. If you listen to this show, you know mm-hmm. there there's some things. Oh, there are absolutely some things that'll get me riled up, and you know that's the fun of it. Yes, yes, but, yes. It, we're going to get right back into it. We we're talking NCAA basketball okay. again. Yeah. But we're not talking first four in, last four out. We're no, talking no, about no, the no, actual no. tournament this weekend. Oh, the actual tournament. We're, we're <laughs> no. at the final four. Yes. yes. And I got if you if you were at the Sweet Sixteen, look, going into the Sweet Sixteen, we saw a lot of chalk. Mm-hmm. Four one seeds. Yes. What four two seeds? Mm-hmm. There was only one seed in team in there lower than in the Sweet Sixteen, mm-hmm. lower than a four seed, and it was pretty much sta- pretty standard. Yes. Then you get to the final four this weekend, and there's only one number one seed left. Mm-hmm. There's what a five seed, a three seed. Mm. What do we have left? Virginia, who's a one seed. Have, yes, Virginia. Auburn, who was a five seed. Texas Tech was a three, three seed, and Michigan and State, Michigan was, State a was a two seed. So we have a one, a two, a three, and a five. Yes. And of all the number one seeds, Virginia's probably the one I would have picked to go out first. Mm-hmm. I have two. I have two papers in front of you. Mm-hmm. I have the actual bracket. Then I have my bracket. <laughs> my bracket is trash. How many? Now let me ask you this, because I'm I, I. Let me just put it on out there. I have no Final Four teams. I picked zero Final Four teams. I had Virginia losing in the Elite Eight. In fact, yeah, yeah, I had Virginia losing in the Elite Eight. I had Virginia and North Carolina losing in the, in, in uh, the Elite Eight. No, excuse me, I had North Carolina in the Final Four. Whatever. My Final Four was Duke, Michigan, right. Tennessee, and North Carolina. Duke, Michigan, Tennessee, North Carolina. Yep. You didn't do so well. Oh, no. <laughs> no. There, what did I tell you at the beginning of this tournament? 
Mm-hmm. So I don't get in the money brackets. I don't do money bracket. I just do one just for the fun of it. But if anything, it's just better for me to just wait for the tournament to be over and get the winner my five dollars. Uh, I'm doing slightly better than you. I have one out of four final four teams. Virginia. Mm-hmm. Okay. But Duke, I actually had them in the final four in my mm-hmm. bracket. Uh-huh. But if you recall, last week we were talking. I told you they were vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. No. They, I, and the thing about Duke is, it's like, yes, they're they're the number one team. They were, you know, they've been the number one team for for a while. They're lo- loaded talent, loaded talent wise. But how have they played all season long? Are you surprised that they lost? No, this was a tournament where coming in, there was not any one team that I thought was dominant or unbeatable. There were no safe bets in this tournament. Every team, to some extent, is fl- was flawed. And depending on matchups in the right night, that that was something I, we said on the show last week. I was like, mm-hmm. don't be surprised if Duke loses. Yeah, I, no, and and I wasn't. You know, uh, I I was. If anything, I was more surprised at UVA getting to the Final Four than I was surprised at Duke lost. And I picked them to go to the Final Four because of looking at their bracket and matchups. Mm-hmm. I thought the odds were more likely that they would than they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But, and you know, that's all kind of it, it kind of is to me when I'm picking my bracket. Yeah. I'm looking at matchups and saying, who, who are the odds favor wins that matchup? So while I thought Virginia was the most, vo- I, in mm-hmm. my opinion, I thought Virginia, because of their style of play, giving them very little margin for error, mm-hmm. was the most vulnerable of the final four teams. At looking at their bracket, I did pick them to get there. Mm-hmm. How impressed were you? Like, I mean, let's let's go down that whole bracket real quick. You you're looking at Virginia, mm-hmm. number two seed. In that uh, the number two seed was Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You a big believer in them? No, I had them in the final four, of course. And let's see, Tennessee got knocked out in which round? Uh, Tennessee got knocked out in the Elite Eight. They got uh, they lost to Purdue. They lost to Purdue, so they didn't even. It wasn't even the one seed in their bracket that put them out. Yeah, in fact, they didn't even lose in only. I'm sorry, they it lost in the sweet, sweet, sweet sixteen. 16. They lost in the sweet sixteen. Yeah, Tennessee. They were a team who early in the year looked really good, mm-hmm. and throughout the season they were decent team. Showed flashes, potential to be very good. Mm-hmm. Number, even but, they were number one seed for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, number, number one, one uh, number one ranked team for a while. But towards they were just, I don't want to say whole, but flaws mm. in that team that I just didn't trust them to make a serious tournament run. Okay. And, yeah, Purdue, they were a team I actually did think was dangerous. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, had maybe, I, I had Purdue beating Nova in the second round. Yeah. And then going on and – I believe uh, I don't have my bracket in front of me, but I believe okay. I had Purdue getting into the Elite Eight okay. before they went out. Okay. Now, I had, I will admit, and this is more familiarity mm-hmm. than that. Famili- familiarity and what did you say last week? Uh, like sentimental picks. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, I did. I had Villanova beating Purdue because one, I watched a whole lot more Villanova basketball than I did Purdue basketball. 
So for me, I thought Villanova could pull it out. I did not, you know, I knew Villanova could lose because I know this isn't the Villanova teams of the last, you know, last last four yeah, years, last three yeah. or four years. I understood that, you know, but I didn't see Villanova just getting waxed by Purdue the way they did. That I did not see coming. I knew they could lose, but I knew they could lose, but I would have never thought Villanova was going to get beaten like that. But that's more because I, I I admit that I just didn't watch a lot of Purdue basketball this year. And I honestly thought Villanova this year, and I am a fan of Villanova, mm-hmm. but I thought their win-loss record was actually a matter of them overachieving this year. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I, I agree with that. I, I mean, I, I think, you know, they weren't ready. They Well, they knew they were going to lose Bridges. Mm-hmm. They knew they were going to lose Brunson. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they lost Spellman and they Spellman, lost Steven yeah. Chinzo. Yeah, and and Spellman probably should have stayed. Honestly, that maybe prob- Steven Chinzo's stock was high after his tournament run. Yeah. But quite honestly, they both could have used another year in school, in my mm. opinion. Yeah. Especially Spellman, though. Mm. Spellman ended up being, what, a late first-round pick? Mm-hmm. And how much has he done this year? Nothing. He, I mean, he, I think he's racking up DMPs. I th- and it's not that I think Spellman's not a talented player. I just don't think his game was ready. Yeah. And, and NBA coaches generally aren't teachers. They're yeah. come out here, do what you can do to help us win. Yeah. If you can't help us win, sit down. Go yeah. work on your game on your own time. Mm-hmm. So, for that sake, for that reason, there are guys who I think, like, I get it. And I don't begrudge anyone going to make their money, mm-hmm. but strictly for the sake of basketball, yeah. there are guys I wish stayed in school longer. No, and Spellman was one of them. Yeah, no, understood, understood. But back to back to the back to the bracket. So you got Virginia coming out of the South, then you got Auburn coming out of the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Now that was a shocker to me. Okay. Auburn, I did not see them coming at all. Mm-hmm. I had, of course, I, I had Auburn losing in the Sweet Sixteen to. Uh, North Carolina. As did I. I had North Carolina as a Final Four team, mm-hmm. which is what one of the reasons I'm saying, mm-hmm. yeah, I just didn't see Auburn coming yeah. at all. They, they're they playing good basketball. No no denying it. So let me ask you this. What would be the bigger Cinderella story, mm-hmm. Auburn or Texas Tech? And I say that because I understand that, you know, I understand you're talking about a three seed and a five seed. But you're talking about two teams that norm that you don't normally you wouldn't normally think of as a Final Four team, or as you know one of the top echelon teams. Well, if you ask me, which is a bigger Cinderella story? Mm-hmm. I don't. I wouldn't say any either is a true Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not talking Auburn about plays in a real conference. Okay, they're not typically the power school in that conference. But Auburn plays real basketball. Okay. Texas Tech, not traditionally known as a basketball school. I think. Big 12 not really known as a basketball conference other than Kansas. Kansas, right. Who wins that conference literally every Every year. year. Yep. And you don't hear much from anyone else in that conference Mm -hmm. except the occasional Kansas State or somebody. But. Mm So from that standpoint, coming out of the Big 12 and not being Kansas, I think Texas Tech is the bigger surprise. Okay. But I don't think either is a true Cinderella. Cinderella. Okay. Okay, I'll buy that. Now, but 
I guess I would tend to say Texas Tech as well because on the sideline of Auburn, I see Bruce Pearl. Mm-hmm. And although Auburn might not, you know, it's been a while since we've really talked Auburn basketball. Bruce Pearl is a good he's coach. A, he's a real good coach. He's a good coach. He's a quality coach. And they play good basketball yes. in that conference. Yes. They're good basketball teams in mm-hmm. that conference. So, so that's why Texas Tech we'll – use, we'll, we'll use your word. We'll use surprise more than Cinderella. I said mm-hmm. Cinderella. You said surprise. I think surprise is a better term. Yeah. You, you were right that time. Because by the time we got yeah. to this, what the Sweet Sixteen, mm-hmm. most of the real Cinderella stories were, we're gone. gone. Yeah. Save Murray State, who made a quick yeah. exit shortly thereafter. Yeah. Did you think? Did you think there was going to be a, a Cinderella this no, year? No, I didn't. Do you, I, I do you think that every year, or do you? No, there there are some years where I think teams are primed to be Cinderellas. Mm-hmm. This year was not one of them. You look at the brackets; there were the teams that you saw in. The bottom halves of brackets, your mm-hmm. eights and unders. Yeah, there just wasn't a lot there that I thought was teams were like. For example, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. Go back a few years, mm-hmm. Davidson. You okay. remember that Davidson run? Yep, yep. That's the perfect recipe for a Cinderella. You mm-hmm. got possibly one game changing talent, mm-hmm. and what and. Although you may have, I don't want to call them inter- inferior, but not the high-end talent, mm-hmm. that not the blue chippers of North Carolina or a Kentucky yeah. or a Duke mm-hmm. yet. But you got smart players, okay. guys who know where to be, guys who know when to cut, when to pass, and can make open shots. Mm-hmm. If you've got a smart guard who knows how to get players where they need to be, you can win games. College team, college kids, for all the talent they have, they're not professionals, and they're prone to bad nights and inconsistency. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it's just the way it works in basketball. So, th- from that standpoint, you you'll see certain years like Davidson had the recipe. They had a pro point guard who knew how to play the game, knew how to run an offense, could mm-hmm. make special plays, and guys around them who do, who were willing to go out there and just do their job. How far does a team have to go to be considered a Cinderella? Do they just have to win a game? Do they have to get out the first weekend? I think think that depends on how low your seed is. Mm -hmm. If I'm an eight seed and I make it to the final four, I'm a Cinderella. Okay. But if I'm a Eight, if I'm AC a, playing in the in in AC in the second round isn't Cinderella. Is, exactly. Understood. Understood. Now, okay. if I'm a 16 seed and I make it to the Sweet 16, I'm definitely a Cinderella. Well, okay. If I'm a 16 seed and I get out the first round, round I'm a Cinderella. So UMBC was a Cinderella last year when, yes. they, beat, when they beat UVA. Yes. Okay. No, I, 15, 15 seed beating the two. Cinderella. Cinderella. Okay, but an eight, a, a nine it's, seed yeah, that nine beats seed. an eight and then gets to the Sweet 16 or something. There, yeah. No. You were, technically an underdog but it's an eight versus a nine mm-hmm. and you're not a cinderella unless you get to the final four so Understood. make Understood. a deep run okay okay all right so on the so we talked we talked uva we talked auburn on the other side well, one team we haven't talked about yet january Michigan. february is Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask I you this question i had to say it was let me ask you this question michigan state say michigan state wins it all mm-hmm where do you put Tom Izzo in in the ranks of all-time great college co- coaches? Well, I think win or lose, you have to put 
Tom Izzo among top five. Okay, who's your top five right now? Top five active coaches. Top five active coaches top, top in five college? Active, yes. Oh, that. Shashevsky. Of course. Roy Williams. Of course. Jay Wright. Jay Wright three. Jay Wright. Okay. Izzo. Izzo. And I think Wright and Izzo are probably right about that same level. Really? Okay. That, okay. Because, yeah. So that gives me what? Four? Okay. Okay. Shashevsky, Izzo, Williams, Wright, Bayheim. 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 Okay. Those would be my top five. Okay. Top five. All right. Mm hmm. Does. Izzo surpass right if he wins it all. No. No. Okay. To do what Jay Wright has done with Villanova's program, mm -hmm. Villanova is a very small school. Yes. It's a private school. Yes. It's has rather high academic standards. Okay. They're not the state school who has 50, 60,000 students and a much deeper top talent pool. Like Michigan State's the state school. Mm. Nova's the small private school with maybe 3,000 students. Okay. Michigan State literally probably has 10 times the student body, which gives you a much deeper talent pool. Mm. So for Jay Wright to do what he did two championships in three years, at that school, mm -hmm. that is nothing short of remarkable. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you. A, let me ask you a real quick question before we go on. Do you can do you consider getting to the Final Four an accomplishment? Yeah, in college, okay. absolutely, it's an accomplishment. So two, so two championships in three years and three Final Four trips mm -hmm. for Jay Wright. That's okay. That, that's a major accomplishment. Okay, a Final Four trip means you were. One win away from a championship or a championship game appearance, two wins away from a national title in a single elimination tournament. That's impressive. Okay. It's not like you made it to the conference championship round of the NBA where you're playing seven-game series mm -hmm. and the best team is always going to win. That's not how it works in college ball. And one thing you have to ask yourself about Izzo, though, which always amazes me. In the last, how long would, has Izzo been at Michigan State? 20 mm -hmm. years, maybe? Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Best, who's the best player he's had in that stretch? Draymond Green? Draymond, maybe. Who was it? Maybe Cleves? Cleves, Jason Richardson. Cleves. Jason Richardson, Draymond Green, by far the best pros he's had as, out of mm. that program. But okay. decent players, but we're not talking about best player in the league type guys. He, no, no. Draymond was a guy who, coming out of college, was an undersized power forward who was considered to be not very explosive mm. and went as a second-round pick, I believe, yeah. because he was – a okay, not great college player. Jason Richardson was a first round talent. He was a legitimate pro. But yeah, yeah, injury slowed him down. It, he, yeah, he was. But I wouldn't go as far as to call him a superstar player either. No. So 
Izzo has done what he's done without the North Carolina and Duke type talent. He hasn't had mm. John Calipari's talent that he's had that Kentucky gets. So from that standpoint, Izzo understands the X's and O's mm-hmm. and how to coach and motivate a team as well as anyone I've seen. Mm-hmm. But I also have to get left with the question, why can't he recruit better talent? You're th- you're clearly one of the best when it comes to X's and O's, O's and you know getting your team ready to play. Why aren't you getting top flight talent? I don't know the answer to that question. No. Maybe he's getting who he wants. Maybe he's just not good at recruiting those players. But you would think a coach that good would it ha- be able to get more first-round pro talent, no. which is not something that happens very often in, at Michigan State. Do you think? Do you think coaches can like like Izzo's not going anywhere? Izzo will be out of Michigan State when Izzo wants to be out of Michigan State. Yeah, there are a couple guys have that have that kind of security in college yeah. basketball. So Izzo is one of them. Izzo is one Calipari, of them. Calipari, who just signed a lifetime, lifetime contract. Day. What do you think of that? In fact, you know, hold that thought. Uh, uh, let's, let's let's circle back to that because I want to ask this question first. Do you think that Izzo is just getting the kids that he wants to get? Like he's just like this isn't about him. He's not going. He knows he's not going anywhere, and he knows with the talent that he gets, he's going to be in the conversation. You know, every year is not going to be a Final Four year. Every year is not going to be a national championship year. But bottom line is, he knows with the kids that he can get, mm-hmm. he's going to be in the tournament. He's going to be in there multiple weekends. You know, at worst, we're talking the second weekend. So, could it just be? comfort level with what he can get. He's not pressed to go out there and get the, you know, all the McDonald's, all Americans. and I like that question. Put a pin in it. Let's take our first break. We'll be right back, and we can really get into that one. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. I'm a retired school psychologist, and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, when Meals on Wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, we are back. Before the break, we're talking college basketball, NCAA tournament. Mike Jones and John Brown here with you. Talk college basketball and talk drinking. <laughs> <laughs> 
College basketball and drinking. Two great things that go great they, together. Well, they do go great together. Mm-hmm. But as before the break, we were specifically talking Tom Izzo and Michigan yeah. State. Yes. Now, you were asking me a question. Mm-hmm. For the listeners, repeat the question, please. The question was, we were talking about Tom Izzo's ability to recruit. Because mm-hmm. I, I brought it up. Yes. I'm surprised that with his coaching acumen that he doesn't do a better job in recruiting. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, do you think that comes from comfort? Because he knows that with the key, with the players that he can get, he's going to get into the tournament every year. They're going to win a game or two. Mm-hmm. At best, they're playing in the Final Four like they're doing right now. At worst, out in the second round. Maybe the first round, barring a complete catastrophe. But- Michigan State's generally a team you can count on to be make it to the second weekend. Yes. But now, as I started saying before, Mm. it would seem on the surface that with the success he's had coaching Mm. and coaching up talent, getting guys to overperform, that he would have more of a pipeline to the top recruits. Mm. You know, he – you you would think his recruiting would look more like Duke's or Kentucky's, mm-hmm. but instead it probably looks a little more like Villanova's. Yeah, which, believe it or not, that type of recruiting, in my opinion, lends itself towards more long term collegiate success. Mm-hmm. You're not necessarily going to be the program who's a pipeline to the NBA, mm-hmm. but you will be the program who consistently makes it to the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, mm-hmm. multiple Final Fours. Because one thing that happens when you're recruiting good, not great players in today's NCAA is that you end up with upperclassmen. Yep upperclassmen have more developed bodies and more experience. So from that standpoint, it does give you an edge, an edge, not necessarily the ultimate edge, but it is a hand up to have upperclassmen on your team. And Enzo doesn't really mess with the one and done. I I was about to say, Mm -hmm. Coach K was one who resisted the one and done for a while. Mm -hmm. I guess he got tired of not winning championships. Yeah. So... Izzo seems to have found some magic potion that lets him win championships every so often. Mm-hmm. You know, every 10 years or so, Izzo's due for a championship. Yeah. So, from that standpoint, I do think he's probably found a lane that he's comfortable in. Mm-hmm. He, If I had to guess, I think he's probably specifically targeting players that are more likely to be three- and four-year players than mm-hmm. the one-and-dones or two-years-and-done. But I don't know that he's necessarily opposed to those guys either. Okay. Miles Bridges at Michigan State was, after his freshman, when he first signed on to Michigan State, he was thought of as the next one-and-done huge talent. Mm. Ended up doing, what, two years there? Yeah. But he could – well, I'll, I'll save that comment about what he could turn into in the future to mm. give him some time to actually do Develop, some work. Yeah. 
but he has the potential to be one of the three or four best pros Michigan State has put into the NBA in a while. Okay. Post Magic Johnson. That's a lot of years. It's a lot of That's years. It's a lot of years. It's 40 years. Yeah. And Magic Johnson's old. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, I'm not – see, that's just an easy target. I don't want to talk Lakers this week. You don't? No. <laughs> I'm sick of the Lakers. Because, you know, they they shut LeBron down for the rest of the year. Yeah, good. Need to shut Magic Johnson down. Because I'm glad you actually said that about the Lakers. I want to throw something at you. We've okay. got, we got a few minutes left in this segment. All right. I, I want to throw this out there. It's a comment LeBron made that during this week. It's essentially saying the Lakers will be back, mm-hmm. and he's still confident that guys want to come play with him. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's still the case? Yes. I think the whole guys don't want to play with LeBron thing is kind of overblown. I think that's more narrative than actuality. Okay. So- I think, well, here's, I think that if, if, the Lake, if the Lakers don't get any prize-free agents, mm-hmm. it will be more because they don't have the money to bring those guys in. But they do have the money. And, so that's not I think, an issue. Then I think they'll, then they'll get somebody. Okay. Now, granted, we, we can come back. We can – look, we got all our archives. Now, so we can come back here in the fall if they don't have anybody. <laughs> they have money, and I'll be like, hey, man, brother was wrong. Now, I want to throw some hypotheticals at you. Okay. Say you're a superstar big man. Like a, I don't know, Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Do you want to play with LeBron? Anthony. If you're Anthony Davis, do you want to go play with LeBron? If, yes. If I'm Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Now, yes. If if I'm Anthony Davis, I want to play with LeBron. Don't ask me why, because the answer is because I'm Anthony Davis. The reasons why he shouldn't are obvious. Okay. You know, we we understand, but I – I, because I think Ant- Anthony Davis wanting to go to Los Angeles is more life reasons than necessarily basketball reasons, and, and, and that's kind of my point. If mm-hmm. if not, that's what I'm. If you're Anthony Davis, you're in his shoes. Yes. you have his talent, his yes. contract situation. Yes, whole thing. Would you want to go play with LeBron? If I'm Anthony, I if I had Anthony Davis's talent, you have, you have you're in his situation. You okay. have his talent, everything. But I'm not Anthony Davis. I'm but John you, Brown. You with have every, John Brown's brain. Then no, I don't want to play with LeBron. But I think Anthony Davis does want to play with LeBron. But that's kind of what I'm asking. Not yeah. does he want to? Should he want to? No. And and that's what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. All right. But what might be an easier question, a shorter list? Okay. Can you think of one? star or superstar player not named Kyrie Irving mm. that should want to go play with LeBron? Not off the, not off the top of my head, but I think that – I think I think and right I'm, there, my friend – And think I have you, the same challenge. I think you, right there, you're, you're setting up – us spending another consecutive week talking about a team that, that hasn't is no been relevant that's, to the playoffs. It's not going to be in the playoffs come almost playoff time, but I think that is a very good question. Oh, don't worry. This is going to be a short segment. Uh, We're not going to spend too much oh, time no, on no, this. Oh, I, I understand it, that. But, it, but, you know. I see where you're going. It's LeBron. Though. Yeah. So he, playoffs are not the fact that he's not in the playoffs yeah. 
is a story. Yeah. So without I don't I don't want to spend too much time on it because you're right, they're not a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But we have to I have to ask the question. Mm-hmm. If I'm Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, any of these guys, Ka- Kawhi Leonard, I don't want to spend my prime years playing sidekick to a guy who's past his prime. Mm-hmm. Chances are, honestly, most of these guys are more equipped to carry a team. I'm not saying they're more skilled or anything mm-hmm. like that, but the physical demands of the league are what they are. Mm-hmm. And 35 years old is still 35 years old. Yeah, you need you need guys with mm-hmm. well, no getting around it. I, I would think if if anything, and once again, I don't know if this player exists, but maybe a player who's with the mindset that, hey, let me go play with LeBron now. Mm-hmm. How much more time does he have? And when LeBron goes, L.A. is mine. You know, now, I don't know who that guy would be. But I would think if a young player decides to say, hey, a young player who's facing free agency, Mm -hmm. that could be what drives them to to my uh to but the thing is young players like that mm-hmm. are usually guys who are just finish, finishing up their rookie deal mm-hmm. those guys don't change teams yeah i mean because i'm, I'm just saying that's that it's after that's, your second contract that guys generally tend to look at changing teams because of the financial yeah the way the nba structures bird rights and mm-hmm. salary cap rules and things like that mm-hmm. the money on your second contract the difference between what you're team that drafted you can give you and that anybody else could give you is prohibitive mm-hmm. from players leaving after their rookie deal. So it's you're sev- you're usually seven years into the NBA before you think about and at that point you're a 28, 29 year old mm-hmm. who's in his prime and wants to win wants now. Wants to win now, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. So the, those are the guys 26, 27 years old around that range who are going to be coming up as free agents and looking to get things to happen. If I'm any of those guys, I'm not necessarily looking to be on LeBron's team. Mm-hmm. I want somebody who's probably closer to around my age and I know will allow me to maximize my prime years. Mm-hmm. LeBron, I, as, as good as he is, is probably going to be on the decline every year for each of the yeah. next three to four years. Yeah. He's, he's old. He's played... A lot of basketball. A lot of basketball. And he's old. Yeah. And he's old. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, there was one, oh, one more thing I wanted to ask you. All because right. I know I know uh, we're up against it in, in time. I wanted to ask and you. We got before. a couple minutes. I mean, we got a couple minutes in this segment. In this segment. We got but, a couple so, minutes. So, um, I wanted to ask you about the East. Who are the top five point guards in the East? Right off the top of your head. Top five. In the Eastern Conference Eastern right Conference, now. Eastern Conference, top five point cards. Ooh, that's tough. That's a, that's a very, very, very tough question. So I put you on the spot right there. Offensively, defensively, or all around? All around. Ben Simmons. 
number one or just you just throwing I'm, out? I'm, I'm just throwing five. You're names throwing out. five. Out. Okay. Yeah, we're looking at Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. We're looking at Kyle Lowry, Kemba Walker. Um, thinking about Eastern Conference teams. D'Angelo. Or does he play? He plays more. He plays two. point. He plays the points. Well, actually, this year, him and Denwitt, Denwitt, yeah, they go back and forth. They, yeah, they're they're both six five, six six point guards mm-hmm. who can score. So they're both combo guards, which is a very good combination because they both can play effectively on and off the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one. Of, that's what was kind of about yeah. one of my hesitations. I'm like, which one of them is the point guard? Mm-hmm. It depends on who's on the floor. But if we're calling a D'Angelo a point guard, he's in the. Okay. I would you go with him and believe it or not, Kyrie Irving to round out that group. Okay. That's your top five in the East. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I mean, who else are we looking at? Gordon Dragic. Um. He's not top five. That's what I mean. With the, these are our names yeah. that we have to choose from in the East. Um. Alfred Payton. Yeah, he's not top five. It, no, no, okay. I mean, the starting point guards in the East is – the West is a different conversation. Yeah, you, yeah, that's where yeah, you got exactly. your powerhouse point guards yeah, exactly. out West. Exactly. In the East, you got role players a lot of times mm-hmm. at that position. Anybody in the East that you would put in the top five in the West? They're in the West? Simmons, Lowry, All right. Walker. Let's, let's look at that. Your top five point guards in the West. You got Steph. Mm-hmm. You got Russell Westbrook. You got Dame Lillard. Mm-hmm. You got the agent Chris Paul. You got James Harden. Both of them are actually point guards, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting that they're on the same team, but they stagger their minutes so that when they play, they both yeah. play the point. Um, Just with that list alone, It's hard for anybody in the East to crack that list. No, I agree. Ben Simmons maybe, maybe gets in. Maybe. Maybe gets in. And that's because his physical abilities give him advantages that these other guys don't. Mm-hmm. But on pure skill set, they all have advantage over him. Okay. So he's maybe the only one that squeezes in. Okay. I know Kyrie fans will say, well, Kyrie, Kyrie. What have you what have you ever acquiesced to 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 a Kyrie fan? What have you ever tried to accommodate in that? What have you ever cared about what a Kyrie fan? And I don't want you to think I care now. Trust me, I don't. (laughs) I know you don't care about Kyrie Irving. I know you don't care for Kyrie Irving. I know you don't care about Kyrie Irving. It is what it is. Not a fan of his game. Not as a point guard. Okay. You put him off the ball, like play the scoring guard, like when he was with LeBron. Mm-hmm. He's very, he's very well good at doing that. Mm-hmm. You want him to run your offense, man. Yeah. I'll pass. No, understood. Understood. Uh, understood. All right, look, let's take a let's take a break. It's that time. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, take a let's take a quick break. I just wanted to get that out there. Talk All right, about. let's do it. All right, man. Magic Magic Johnson's fault, man. <laughs> Brought him up. Had to go. Talk Lakers. I didn't want to talk Lakers this week. Hey, it was quick. It's over. Yeah. 
take a break, refresh, come back. More ODD after this. Sir, you feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. Today we decided to walk to school. The light counted. 15, 14, 31, I mean 13. We took a left on Carroll Street. Danny's smart, but he gets distracted. I realized he forgot his homework. I hope he doesn't have another bad day at school. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. When you went car shopping, you meant business. You aced vehicle history searches and test drives. Now you've got your wheels. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back. (sighs) We're back. We're back. No, who's not back? <laughs> We're back for another week. We are uh, the American, uh, the Alliance of American Football. Oh, they're gone. Yeah, they're gone. Oh, let, let, let's be accurate. Okay, they are ceasing operations this season. Yeah, with an eye on some restructuring mm-hmm. and hopefully having future successful seasons to come. Yeah, so like I they said, they have yeah, not officially yeah. dissolved the league. Uh, yeah, yeah, they they gone, <laughs> they gone, and unfortunately, I, I, I got to be honest, man. There was I, I tried to watch it. Mm-hmm. I tried to watch it because I don't, I don't know why. All right. I I I I went. I, I want off season football to succeed, but there's something that you need for here's a question for Okay. You watch the NFL, right? Yes. Out of thirty teams in NFL? Yes. Thirty two. Thirty yeah, two. Thirty two. Yep. Eight four team divisions. Yes. Now of those thirty two teams, mm-hmm. how many would you say have quality starting quarterbacks? Hmm. What do you consider quality? Um. I mean, you know, we don't need to. Yeah. Would, would you put it at ten, twenty, yeah. all thirty-two? No. no, I would say between in the fifteen to seventeen mark, like half of the team. So about half the league has quality quarterback yes. play. Mm-hmm. Half the league is, in some form or the other, below standard. Yes. And then you've got 32 backup jobs. Yes. 
So you're looking at, let's see, half, let's call half the league 16, 48 NFL quarterbacks mm. who aren't good enough to do the job. Okay. Where are you going to get more from for the AA, for the AAF? Wherever they found Johnny Manziel at, uh, Christian Hackenberg. Uh, I think you're just kind of proving my point. Yeah, no, no, I understand. Well, here's the thing. We we I'm I'm not gonna expound on this point too much, but I, I told you I, I I'm a fan of pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of WWE. Okay. I'm a fan of Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon tried football a couple years ago. It was an interesting experience. It was an interesting experience. Plenty of reasons why it failed. One of the biggest reasons why it failed was after everything that led up to the sport itself. Once you actually got into the 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 the, the football game. Yes, once you actually got to the football. Mhm. It was bad football. It was god-awful football. I think part of the reasons why the original XFL failed, in my opinion, was because not only was it bad football, but it was a lot of glitz and glamour and bells and whistles and smoke and mirrors, whatever combination cliche you want to throw in here. Fast forward to... Fast forward to the AAF. Mm-hmm. You take away all the glitz and glamour. You take away all the bells and whistles. You take away all, all the pomp and circumstance. All that stuff that that Vince McMahon used to prop up his bad product. You take all that away, but you pretty much offer the same product. That That's, that's AAF. That's a fairly accurate description. Because in the, I feel like I watched a, I never watched a whole game from start to finish, but I feel like every time, no matter, I've tried repeatedly to watch AAF, and I feel like I never saw a touchdown. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being, sure I, there were some. I'm sure there were some. I'm saying I personally never saw never one. Saw one. I'd watch a game and it'd just be it it'd be third quarter, nine to six, mm-hmm. twelve to six, fifteen to nine, you know. I mean, that, that's kind of my point. Yeah. If you have you're because you're still gonna get some high level athletes out there. Mm-hmm. That being the case, with subpar quarterback play, I'm thinking it's probably much easier to field a serviceable defense than mm. it is to ser- field a serviceable offense. Okay. So you're going to get 15, 9, 12, 6 games a lot, especially if you're trying to play traditional football rather than arena football. Are- that's the one thing that keeps – and the arena league is not a huge league per se. No. But, and they've had their problems and, as well. And they have had their issues as well. But the reason I think they're able to ease, at least stay in business is that they're not trying to give you the same product as the NFL. Okay. Agreed. It's a variation on – it's the same general sport, but it's a variation on the game. Mm-hmm. And I think similar to 
the way like the big three in basketball is finding some success as a summer league, but they're also not pretending to be the in the same lane as the NBA. Yeah, and I think honestly, I think that was prop when you when you talk about the big three, I thought that was probably the hardest part. I think now the big three is now they're starting to find their audience mm-hmm. because you had to weed out all the people who looked to the big three uh, as thinking they're going to get NBA. Yes, exactly. I, you know, we, you and I talked about the big three a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and how people were and the criticism that the big three got. And we both came up with the same pretty much response to that was pretty much like, what did you expect it to be? It's three on three half it's court three, basketball. It's three on three half court basketball. It's not the NBA. Of course, it, yes, you had players who played in the NBA, mm-hmm. but but it's not, not the, the same product. It's not the NBA. Half the court, fewer, forty percent less people. It you're going to get a different, mm-hmm. which means spacing's different, ball movement, player movement, all of it makes for a different game. And I think part of the problem was with the AAF was. One not not enough name recognition. Because even if you tried to if you tried to build it as, you know, players who are trying to make NFL rosters. All right. Let, like, let's you, talk about that for okay. a second. With as many jobs and as much turnover as there is in the NFL due to poor production, misses on draft picks, things of that nature. I don't think anyone who follows the sport would ever pretend to believe that you have enough talent out there, NFL-capable talent out there, Mm -hmm. to field another league. So most people are probably coming in, true or not, expecting a – Subpar, subpar product. Mm-hmm. You know, if I want to watch leading passer in the AAF this year was Garrett Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Had you heard of him? All right. Better question for you. No, I hadn't. But here, better question for you. Would you rather watch him or Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray. That's kind of my point. Yeah. Kyler Murray. College gives you college football mm-hmm. gives you that option of watching the kids who are next in line to be great mm-hmm. and develop and learn and grow. The guys who make it to the AAF are the guys you expect, yeah, these guys just weren't good enough to get to. Mm. Like One thing the big three has going for it, it's basketball, but it's half-court basketball. So guys who used to be great in the NBA, they could still play half-court basketball and be entertaining. Mm-hmm. All the running up and down, the sprinting, they might not be able to do that. But the skill sets you need for half court, Are they still yeah. have. Yes. The AAF, however, doesn't have that. All. You're not going to get a 40-year-old former NFL player who's going to say, let me go play some full contact football just for fun. Mm-hmm. doesn't no. work like that. You're not no. going to put your body at risk like that. No, and, and I think, honestly – I think they tried to take that and put and put some players 
in other positions, mm-hmm. like you, players who are coaches and things like that. But at this point, you don't want to, you know, I understand Mike Vick is done. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I like Mike Vick. I'm a Mike Vick fan, and I wouldn't have wanted to see Mike Vick play in the AAF, but I'm not interested enough to see him coach in the AAF either. I mean, that, that that's kind of what I mean. Like, yeah. all right, think about, like, a guy, let's say, Donovan McNabb, when he left Philly, yeah. Washington, Minnesota, he was probably, what, 36, 37 years old when he retired? Yeah. Would you want to watch him go play in the AAF for two, three years after that? No. That in the, the sport of football, I didn't want to watch him in Minnesota. At <laughs> my point exactly, the in the sport of football, you're not going to get name recognition mm-hmm. with guys who aren't good enough to currently be playing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Just not going to work that way. Guys you have name recognition with in football, they all go to the NFL. Yeah, Agre- now let me ask you this. <clears throat> I'm I'm float I'm floating this analogy out to you. Mm-hmm. The AAF is like the NIT of football. I wouldn't even go that far. I don't. So it's not even it's not even. Well, what was the, that? The, AA, that, the AAF is more like that college basketball tournament. Remember, they used to try these little tournaments after you know after the NIT. Uh huh. So it's like the. The the big tournament March Madness was sixty eight teams. Mm-hmm. NIT then, was, and another, was, was another thirty two, and then they pretty much, they had like two more tournaments for like everybody else. Exactly. That's it's one, and it would be on like being sports or uh, or uh, one of them little sub networks that you never watch that comes in your sports tier if you have cable. But no, nah, but it's, it's, are you saying it's not even that? Because see, the thing is. All those, all those kids are all still on essentially the same level. They're Division One basketball players. The NFL players are the elite of fo- pro football. Mm-hmm. The AAF players are the guys who weren't good enough to be the elites. They didn't even get in the same league. Like. The NIT is would be like a playoffs for teams who don't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like the Browns would have been in the NIT last year. Mm-hmm. They went seven and eight, got hot last year, but didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Browns would have been in the NIT. The AAF is like the D- Division Three preseason tournament. Guys you've never heard of, and you have, and you'll never mm-hmm. watch again. Like I said. Garrett Gilbert led the league in passing yards. Never heard of him. Passing TDs, John Wolford. Mm-hmm. Never heard of him. Uh, Jarrell Presley was the league leader in rushing yards. Now, here you go. Rushing TDs, Trent Richardson. <laughs> A guy who wasn't good enough to make it in the NFL. Yes. But that's the first name I first name mm-hmm. you, you actually recognize. First name he recognized. Yeah. And with all the teams who are looking for running backs and have running back positions, when's the last time you heard Trent Richardson's name come up in an NFL conversation? So it's name yeah. recognition, mm-hmm. but it's name recognition for being a bust. Yep. Receiving yards, Charles Johnson. First of all, now that they've ceased operations, mm-hmm. like if you're on 
I, I got I to gotta look because I'm not even sure what the name of the team was. The Orlando Apollos, who were 7-1. They were 7-1. Mm-hmm. Do they consider themselves the champs? Are they the champs? This league has get, no champs. There are no winners in this league. This league has they had the guys. Best record. This guy, there are no winners, and I, and I don't just mean that. All, there are no winners in any <laughs> shape or form or fashion with this player. The city over the, 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 the league shut down operations. The league folded without any real. They just sent like a form letter to the employees. Yeah, your last day is the third. Don't come back after that. Mm-hmm. Players are being left with twenty five hundred dollar hotel bills and trying to find their own flights back home. Oh, it's a complete yeah, that's, disaster. That's, that's what like no one wins in this. Mm-hmm. So, so the question. All right, now let's sa- same topic, but let's expand it beyond just the AAF. Okay. Broader question: Are alternative leagues? Alternative sports leagues to the Big Four viable at all in this country? Because let me paint a picture, if you will. The NBA, when it started, was a relatively small league. They Mm -hmm. battled back and forth with the ABA. Salaries were smaller. Gyms were smaller. Mm -hmm. Travel accommodations were much more mediocre. You weren't. It wasn't a luxury lifestyle. Guys had jobs in the offseason. Major League Baseball, the same. NFL, the same. And these leagues all eventually grew to the point where over they, the course of several years mm. where they had established markets and name recognition and a, a consistent product that people trusted was going to live to a certain standard. Mm. These new leagues are thinking – they can come in and compete with the big boys. Mm-hmm. But you don't have the revenue stream to provide competitive salary. You're not going to get an AAF quarterback who could, whose salary is going to compete with an NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find anybody playing in LeVar Ball's basketball league who gets a salary that competes with an NBA salary. Mm-hmm. And as such, the top talent, is never going to want to play in those leagues. Mm-hmm. So, and with that being said, if you know you're going to get inferior talent and you're trying to bill it as an alternative to the the big game, the big show, how long do any of these leagues really expect to survive? I don't think you can. I think honestly, you have. I think what you're going to what you're going to find is you're going to have not necessarily these leagues with like longevity, but you might find these little niche leagues and niche situations and you got to ride that out for however long it lasts and then move on to the next one. Like, like, like say it's not going to be elite, like an alternative league, but what you might have is like, like the and one tour, Mm -hmm. something like that, that was popular for a couple of summers. And then it, you know, it, 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 it got played out. It ran its course, but I think and then part of that, like the M one, I think people realized what the gag was. Mm-hmm. They're not playing real basketball. Yeah. It's guys showing off basketball tricks. It's, you, you might as well watching the Globetrotters versus the Generals. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, but that's what you know. Unfor- unfortunately, fortunately, that's what 
you get. That's what you're going to have. You're not going to have an alternative to the NBA. I think the closest you but, get is the G League, and now that's but the but that's G, not. But the G League isn't an alternative. It's actually a minor league system. Yeah, that, but I'm saying that's the closest that you're going to get to a league that's not the NBA. And, and that's kind of where I was going, where I was going as well. Like I think, and one they were a a fad, mm-hmm. okay, and they. They capitalized on that fad, and then it they rode the ride for as long as they could. I think, however, something like the Big Three has a chance to have some longevity mm-hmm. to it. But do you consider that an alternative league? Since we're talking about no. three on three, ha- yeah, that's okay. Uh, but, and, and that's where I'm going. I don't, yeah. I don't think anyone who's trying to play in the same lane, the same lane as the as the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball. Is go- or the NHL is going to have much success in this country, period. How- however, if you're able to find a niche like the big three, it's a familiar sport presented in a different format, mm-hmm. so it's not a true big, alternative or big, true competitor. Yeah, big three, arena league football. Or, things like that mm-hmm. where you find your own niche. Yeah. You can be successful. But – Beyond that, if you're thinking you're going to be a true competitor with one of these major leagues, no, oh no, 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 no. no. I don't, and at this point, I don't even think these leagues. Like, I don't believe that the AAF even had visions of being competitive. You know, being considered competition to the NFL. You know, I mean, that's just crazy. That's like me saying, "Hey, hey, I know how to flip burgers. You know how to flip burgers. Let's go out and take on McDonald's." So. I don't think, I don't think they pictured themselves or wanted to position themselves as a minor league. They weren't positioned to be like a minor league or development system for football. No, and the NFL wouldn't even let them be because they because the players' association wouldn't let players play in the league. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, with that being the case, what were they positioning themselves to do? In your opinion. Mm-hmm. If you can't be an alternative and you're not being a niche like arena, you're going out there trying to play traditional football. What what is your goal? What is the end game to that? I <laughs> I I think they wanted to. I think they wanted to be. Not necessarily an alternative, but well, hmm. ladies and gentlemen, I have actually stumped John Brown. Well, here's I I think: (laughs) Can you call February football alternative football? Because, and like, like an alternative to the NFL. I would envision you play like the like the USFL. Okay, now I don't like the USFL. Well, they try to be an alternative to the NFL. All right, l- let me say it this way: when I say an alternative, I don't necessarily mean an alternative viewing option for fans where it's competing during the same season. I mean an alternative option for players where you actually have a chance to draw top talent that you need Mm -hmm. to grow your league. The ABA was an actual alternative to the NBA because 
there were players in the ABA that were just as good as players in the NBA. You'd get drafted into both and then debate which team you, which league you want to go to. So from that standpoint, though, and those leagues actually ended up having to merge. Yeah. Because, but that was a well, true alternative situation. Well, I, I don't, I don't even think. So, are you saying that the AAF created thinking that there would be a player like you, uh, like for example, the XFL mm-hmm. that's they're looking or talking about starting again. Mm-hmm. They're talking about they want to be real football, but all their players are going to stand. For the, like yeah. they're they're trying to position themselves yeah. as an alternative to the NFL. Mm-hmm. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, sure what so the AAF was trying to do at all. Like when you say an alternative, like you, I mean, like, 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 a, like say, say, say I, I, I play, I play pro football, mm-hmm. or, or you know, I play college football. I am a college football player. I am about to about graduate. To pro. I've used up my, I've used up my eligibility. I'm about to go pro. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm, what am I going to do? Am I going to enter the NFL draft or am I going to enter the exactly. XFL like draft? You're a potential first round NFL pick. Or even a, a second round NFL pit. Mm-hmm. Would you even consider going to the XFL or AFL, AAF, or any uh, of these other I, leagues? I, I would have to think if if there's any chance, not even not just getting drafted, but I'm saying any chance. If I could of, be a walk on on an NFL yeah, roster, I'm not. If I'm here's the thing. If I have any chance of being in the uh. In the NFL, I ain't messing with the XFL or the AAF. And here, here's another because thing I, to consider. I think it's it, – oh, oh, well, No, go ahead. go ahead. Finish your point, then I'll throw this out. All right. If there's any chance of me playing pro pro football at, at the NFL level, I'm not messing with the AAF. But if I think that – if I know that I am not on a pro football radar at all, mm-hmm. I might consider it. As a way of getting some tape down, something that I can then turn around and say, hey, you know, something that could get me in a camp. If I'm somebody coming out of maybe a Division two school or a one double A or one double A school, and I know that I'm, you know, I'm not on anybody's radar, mm-hmm. I might consider that. But the problem is, if as a viewer. Why do I want to tune in and see the top quarterback from Cheney? You know, that's the problem. You know, it's and, like, and that's why mm-hmm. I say for these leagues to be an alternative, they have to be an alternative for the players. Yeah, because if you're not if you're not getting top talent, fans have no reason to watch. They'll just go watch. Like, I wouldn't want to watch a game, a, a basketball game that's. The Bucks bench versus the Sixers bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are two real good teams. Yeah, the and, those all, is, and, that, like, and these much, are all NBA players. How much G League basketball do you actually watch? About maybe thirty to forty minutes a season. 30, 30 to four minutes. Thirty to forty minutes, minutes a season. season. Okay. Mm-hmm. About that. Five minutes here, two, three minutes there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just it. I feel like. One of the issues that I had with the big three at first wasn't the product, wasn't necessarily the product or even the concept, but I felt like what they needed was better storytelling, Mm -hmm. reasons to, like, they, when, when, 
there are there are ways to dress up your product. Oh, absolutely. That will draw interest. Mm-hmm. I think where the XFL went wrong was they tried to make it Monday Night Raw for football. Where it wasn't necessarily storytelling, it wasn't necessarily painting a picture, but it was half-naked cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. It was a bunch of fireworks. It was Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock on TV every week. It was Jesse the Body Ventura as a as a uh, color commentator. You know, yeah. that's how it was. And I felt like, okay, but what do you remember? What do you remember from the XFL? You remember Tommy Maddox? You, know, you remember he hate me. He hate me is the only he thing hate, I remember. He from hate, but 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 what I'm saying when you come down to what do you remember? What do you remember? You remember a player exactly, and that's what I'm. And he uh, hate me. I remember because he actually made it to the league. Yeah, he made it to the league. First, he started off. He started off with a name that you remember. You know, like oh, he hate me. You know that that's what that's what you remember. But then, but then again, after that, his he played. At a level well enough to remember who he was. Correct. And unfortunately, you do not have that from the AAF. I just told you they're leading. You know, like I told you who they're leading. Pat, who led the league in pass yards, never heard of him. Who led the league in passing TDs, never heard of him. Who led the league in rushing yards, never heard of him. Who led the league in rushing TV TDs, you heard of him because he was garbage. Right. He was a first round. He was a first bust. round. He was a first didn't round. Didn't even last in the league beyond his rookie contract. He was a bust. Yes, a, a complete bust. So that's the problem, you know. Your the fact that the best players in this league are guys you never heard of that is a problem. That's a market. You know that that's marketing. That's what you need. And that's kind of the thing, though. Like, I don't know that marketing can save it. No, okay. And I say that from mm-hmm. the standpoint that going into the league, mm-hmm. you know that these guys weren't the guys that were good yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. So there's no marketing you can have that mm-hmm. replaces, we just watched the kids for four years in college and we know which ones were the best. These guys weren't it. So from that standpoint, I don't know that there's much marketing mm-hmm. they can do to fix it. Yeah. And now, I, you I, I, don't have the financial structure to offer competitive enough salaries to draw the top talent. No. And what's what's crazy about it is they now that the league has dissolved, folded, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. they gave their players permission to sign with NFL teams. I just rattled off all their, you know, the, the league leaders, guys you never heard of. Now, I've seen one story of one guy from the AAF signing a pro deal, and it's a uh, cornerback. Keith Reeser. So you saw one guy. One got, guy, and it's like he's not hes not even one of the top, you know, mm-hmm. the league leaders. It, he'll probably, if any, if he even sticks he's on the NFL camp, roster. He's a camp body at this point. He'll be a depth guy, maybe yeah. a practice squad yeah, guy. Yeah, he's a camp body. The best player, you know, the, the one player, because all these other guys you – all these other guys, they're guys jobs, yeah, they're man. all looking for jobs. They they're might be working with you. Bills. They might be, we might be able to get them on the show next week. They might be hosting podcasts next week. Mm-hmm. So you know it. It is what it is. Let me ask you one other question. Okay. 
serious question. All right, go ahead. If you're a football player in general, yes, high level, low level, mm-hmm. your your aspirations are to be a pro football player. Yes. Are you willing to take the physical risks, the risks with your body that a pro football player has to take? Not a college pl- player mm-hmm. or a high school player. A pro player. Where God, you're going competing against guys who work mm-hmm. out and hit people for a yeah. living. What salary base? What salary level would they have to have you at for you to be willing to do that? Now that I, I don't that, know that thirty or forty thousand a year is enough for me to do that. I don't know. I, I guess honestly, it would have it. It would have to be a truly like 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 not even not even to take this like 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 too far left. But it would have to be, a, you know, like a serious conversation with my family. We gonna have to pray on this. We gonna have to, you know, like, absolutely. Like, like, I mean, like because here's here's the thing. I feel look. like if you're if you're in a situation where you're considering an XFL or an AAF, you're thinking, all right, you know what? It's either this or get a real job. Mm-hmm. Like if like like honestly, and, and and I'm I'm speaking as a father father of a high school football player, where he's saying, you know what? He's go, he's come to the end of his college eligibility, mm-hmm. and he still wants to play football. It's like okay, one at this point, I I have to trust that you have put yourself at least in a situation where you have utilized your college days, mm-hmm. not just to prepare you for the pros, but to prepare you for life. Whereas, like, okay, you know what? If you want to give this one last try, go ahead. But you need to realize, you know, there a lot of risk might not be a lot of reward. Absolutely, you're risking your body. You you are risking your body. You're risking your livelihood just to hope to right. get to the NFL. All right, let me let me phrase the question. A little more vis, a little more visually. Okay. And then we'll take a quick back break. Come back for our final segment. Okay. But I'll put the question out there this way: What salary would they have to pay you for you to risk being Ryan Shazier? <sighs> and that is the risk you're taking. Yeah. No. I mean, well, I now that I don't know, and I say that because. Because you know, uh, it's like because, football is because a violent sport. Football is a violent sport, but then it's like okay, and the higher level like, you get, the more the stronger and more violent it gets. Every level up, it doesn't get safer; it gets more no, dangerous. No, you're right, but it's like then you know you're talking about you know would you rather be that happen to you in the pros like Ryan Shazier in the NFL or, or in the NFL, or you could have been like Adam Taliaferro, but what happened in college mm-hmm. or uh, what was the, the brother that uh, the brother at Rutgers who was uh, paralyzed. But what about the guy at, in the AAF who plays a game last weekend, breaks his arm and then, and now it's completely out of the job. There's no job left. No there, job. There no is benefits. no league. Yeah. There is no league. And and these are ri- and yeah. that's the other risk you're taking. You have mm-hmm. risk of not having a job in one of those leagues because yeah. the league might not exist. Yeah. No, I'm, no, no, you're absolutely right. 
And you're, so that's what I mean from that standpoint, and especially in a sport like football, mm-hmm. I don't know that the idea of an alternative league is truly viable. Uh, I agree. I, I agree. And I think now this failure has made it even – the ex, I feel like the XFL failed because it was bad football. Mm-hmm. It was bad football and – like they can talk about all the other things, all the other factors that helped lead to the, its failure, but in the end, it failed because it was bad football. It was bad football because the players weren't good. Mm-hmm. But I think and that'll now, be the case with any alternative league. No, yeah, but what I'm saying is now you you've now seen you've now seen two leagues fail. Mm-hmm. So how good can these you know, when the XFL tries to come back? I expect them to be bad too. Yeah, but and now they're they're not even going to get. You're gonna, players are going to be even worse. But the th- and the thing is, that I, and I, this is where I started, and I'll come back to it, and I'll leave it here, and then we run go on the break. If you don't have good quarterback play, mm-hmm. you can't have a good league. Agreed. And the NFL Agreed. doesn't have enough good quarterbacks. They're not giving anyone any of them away. Yep. And you can't aff- And these alternative leagues can't afford to pay a good quarterback 25 million guaranteed per year. Nope. So they it are where we are. Is. Rest in peace AAF. <laughs> there it is. All right, quick break. Come back for our last segment. Okay. I got a story to tell. Oh boy. <laughs> you feel on this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com/bitwsports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. Most of my family, they never graduated high school, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter, Brooklyn, was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school. And it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, y'all, we're back. One segment to go. Had some fun today. Had a lot of fun today. Didn't really disagree much. It happened. I think we got it all yeah, out of yeah, that, last, last week. week yeah. <laughs> that, which means tune in next week. We ain't going to agree on nothing. <laughs> we ain't going to agree on nothing. But before we get out of here today, okay. I promised you a story. Okay. Early in What's the up? show, you, you were tell you graced us with a story about adult, like not twenty one, but adult, act, true adult, true adult, Billy D experience. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we tried to, you know, most of us hopefully tried to leave the malt liquor behind in the past. Yeah, yeah. That's that co- college, uh, co- malt liquor is for uh, uh, of age. Mm-hmm. College drinking. That's what I. Exactly. That's what I. That's what I uh, well said. Mm-hmm. So, malt liquor is not for when 
three or f- three thirty-five plus year old men are sitting around watching the game. No, that's what I thought. I'd say this was possibly last summer. Oh, oh boy. Me, two of my friends preparing to watch a game. Uh, basketball or football? It was football. It was, football. It was football season's just started. Okay. Beginning, so end of summer, early fall, football season's just started. Yeah. We send one of our friends to the store to the go pick something up. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> we did, we did we didn't give them very specific instructions, but uh-huh. go pick something up. Yeah, we know you know what we're gonna get if I go to the store. Mm-hmm. Pretty much know what we're gonna get if we send my boy to the store. Okay, the, uh, the third guy to the store. Okay. And real quick, if if you go to the store, what are you coming back with? Bare minimum, Yingling. Okay, all right. More than likely, I'll bring back maybe. Coronas, I'm a Corona dude. Those work. Yeah. Coronas, I'm, I'm Heinekens. Like, yeah. Yingling is like the baseline. Yeah, okay. Okay. Solid. I can drink with you. So. I can hang with you. I'm, I, I, I like what you say. <laughs> so, but somewhere that level, we can work with. It doesn't have to be a specific brand. Yeah. But, so, this guy, at 35 years of age plus. Mm-hmm. Somehow thinks it's okay to go to the store, thirty-five years old, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and come back with a six-pack of crooked eye. How many friends was it again? It's three of us here. Three. Mm-hmm. So one, he goes and gets a, a six-pack, six pa- a six-pack, a six-pack, and then B, this six-pack is crooked eye. And so we're just sitting there looking at him like, was he broke? It it doesn't matter because you if you were just say who's chipping in on the beer we'll yeah, chip in yeah you don't go and come back with crooked eye so we're yeah. sitting there mad now he comes back with these like well must so I crack one open because mm-hmm. what else I'm gonna do yeah you're thirsty and the game's on exactly yeah I'm sipping this one for the entire game. I had to put it back in the fridge to get cold to get a couple times. Because it, I, like, literally, I'm sipping this one the whole. Uh-huh. My other homie, who who I know is a safe choice to send to the store, mm-hmm. he maybe gets through, like, one and a half. Yes. The guy who actually buys these things. Mm-hmm. And when, we're, and when the, we're fussing at him when he gets back, mm-hmm. he's steady defending his purchase. But, what was his defense? It'll get you messed up, and I'm like, "Who? We don't. Nobody wants. Well, nobody to be messed wants up. to be messed up. I'm a grown man. Yeah, an, an enjoyable buzz and keep it moving. Yeah, he's actually. He was like, "It'll get you messed up." And I'm like, "All right, he's, he's Samuel L. Jackson. So, It'll get you drunk." <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's the problem, though. Okay, he drinks his first one. He drinks his second one. That's it. That's his limit. This is the six nah, pack. No, he could have had all he wanted. Mm. He would have had the whole six pack. I wouldn't have cared. Mm. So, because I'm just sipping my one the whole game. Yeah. But the thing is, he downs these two kind of quick, and then you don't see him no more. Oh, no. Like, where'd he go? What happened? Did he leave? Oh, Did oh, he go? oh no. So, I, I don't know what it was that motivated me to get up, but I walked past the bathroom. Oh, no. 
and he's laying in the bathroom on the floor in the dark, holding his stomach. Oh, no. I don't feel good. Oh, and, and you know what we did? We started laughing at him. Oh, like son. that's what you get. <laughs> son. All that no, energy no. he put into oh, defending no. his per his oh. purchase. Oh, bruh. And we're like, this is why we're saying we, at 30-some years old, Bruh. do not drink Crooked Eye. What are you doing? What do you bring back, cans? Cans. Oh, That was the last time you hung with that dude, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, what, what am I supposed to do with that? Wow. Oh, bruh. The only thing I will say... To his benefit, yeah, and then we're going to shut it down for the day. Okay, is this? At least it wasn't two eleven. Oh man, how could he? What if he had brought some steel reserve? We'd have had to go in the backyard and fight. <laughs> Crazy horse. My mama, what? Ah. <laughs> You're going to stop talking about my brother like that. We, no, 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 what, what, no, 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 uh, no. We had a peaceful no, show. No. What, what? I don't know where, I don't know how we got to this point. <laughs> what? The, what? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, poor guy, man. <laughs> I want you to reach out to that guy. Next week, I want to just reach out to him. Just find out how he's doing. Could you do that? I, I will reach out to him and find out how he's doing. All right. Make sure he's well. I don't know that anyone could be well that goes to the store and intentionally buys a six-pack of Crooked Eye cans. Oh, you know what, man? Now, now, I've brought you into my home. Mm-hmm. You've hung in my man cave. You've hung in my studio. And I've made sure that there's some libation for you. Quite the gracious host. Exactly. I appreciate it. Hey, you my man, you know? I appreciate it. <laughs> First of all, this is the suburbs, so they don't even sell no crooked eye around here. I'd have to, I'd have to drive <laughs> to find it. They shouldn't sell it anywhere. No, they shouldn't. I, I, I would literally have to. I, I don't think I've bought St. Ives. I'm 43 years old. I, well, I will be 43 this year. I don't know why I consistently just keep on adding years <laughs> to my own life. But have you bought a crooked eye since you were 25. No. no. No, I am pretty sure I have not drank St. Ives since the 90s. So you're close to 20 years. Yeah, close to 20 years. Yeah, you know what? It probably has been 20 years. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even know where in this city to, to get it. If you know where I can find uh, some St. Ives somewhere close to Lansdale, Pennsylvania, let me know. Hit me up. Not that I'm going to buy it. No, I'm just going to buy some from Mike. I'm going to have it for him next week. I'm going to bring week. you one. I was about to say I'm going to bring you one next week, man. If, you don't bring, bring me. Don't bring me a forty. It'd probably it probably take me a week and a half <laughs> to drink a forty. All right, make a deal with you. Right. You bring me some Saint Ives. Uh, I'll bring you a steel. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and that will be the end of offense, defense, and discourse. That'll be the absolute. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's time to go, dude. It is. We're talking about steel. It's definitely time to go, man. I hope y'all had fun listening today. We had fun doing the show for you. We'll be back next week. 
Everybody stay safe, be good, God bless. Peace. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. The proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.